2009 was my actual rookie season um, and moving up. And, and that was a big jump. Um, you didn't really realize how good those guys were on twins and how good they were for the longevity of a race and, and just the intensity difference between, you know, racing basically amateurs and, and going to the, to the real deal pro class. And it, it was different. And uh, man, it's, it's been a long journey and I, you know, I continue to learn still um, even after all these years. So it's kind of crazy how it's all just kind of come full circle. And Episode 83 tank slapping podcast. Florida edition, man. This is the, well, I guess this is the second Florida edition. We did the winter throwdown recap back at it. Frankie Garcia on the other side of the pod. What's up, man? I made it, man. I'm back. Got a bum foot for now, but, uh, that's why I had to miss the first episode of this year, but again, Robbie Bobby filling in nicely. Um, but I'm back, uh, episode two of 2022 and, uh, I'm excited, man. We got a pretty cool guest, somebody that I've been wondering why we haven't had on the show yet, but uh, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, we actually have, it's one of our first, probably our first, it's first in a long time, in-studio guest sitting next to me, (laughs) pretty close to me actually, we're rubbing elbows, Brandon Robinson, B-Rob, thanks for uh, making your way over here and coming on the pod. Hey man, thanks for uh, the invite to the C-Tech studio, this place is off the chain um good to be on finally i mean it's been about two years two years yeah <laughs> Jesus. That's, i didn't I even we better friends i didn't even realize it either man i'm like trying to think of people to come on i'm like oh i don't think we've had brandon on so let's get b-rob on the show so anyway a lot of good stuff me and brandon grew up together literally uh he was probably my first first friend when i started flat tracking and here we are man long journey so a lot to talk about Want to make sure we shout out our sponsors and make this happen before we get too far too far into it. I want to announce our title sponsor for this year on the podcast, Mission Foods. Obviously, Mission is heavily involved in our sport, heavily involved in the motorcycle industry in general, and just stoked to get them on board with what we're doing in our podcast. Juan and Satish and all them at Mission, they're they're listeners of our show. I had no idea. I'm like, well, that's awesome. So coming on board and supporting what we're doing, man. So Mission Foods, appreciate you. Uh, make sure you guys grab the tortilla shells, tortilla chips, anything they have, Mission Foods products, support those that support the sport. want to give a shout out to Bell Helmets. They support us week in and week out since day one. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. We say it every episode, but if you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com. Motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. Indian Motorcycle. Since 1901, Indian Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. Big, big fans of Indian Motorcycle, everything they're doing with our sport, everything they're doing with motorcycling and their street bikes, uh, really cool brand. And they're doing a lot to support and give back to those in the, in the racing industry. So shout out to everybody in Indian Motorcycle. And if you can go check out your local dealership, go test ride a bike, grab some merchandise and support Indian Motorcycle. Dunlop Tires. Uh, Dunlop's, you know, the official tire of the American flat track series, 19 inch DT four game changer. And they've also come out with a 17 inch tire for the mad dog and 85 CC bikes. And I've heard that's not the end. They're going to keep coming out with more tires and flat track. And it's really cool to see them investing in our sport. And of course, Jerry Stinchfield 
Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience, commercialroofsystems.net. Big supporter of the podcast, big supporter of mine, and the boss man of our guest, Brandon Robinson. Brandon rides for uh, Roof Systems of Dallas team. So, um, yeah, shout out to Jerry for for coming on board. But without further ado, we got B-Rob on the pod. Man, where do we start, Brandon? Um, Damn. Long, long time at it. I guess we'll chat a little bit about your amateur career. I know you've been racing since you were like four years old, District 6. You weren't exactly the fastest kid through the ranks. You kind of struggled a little bit through your amateur career. But for those listening that don't know you well, as well as I do, at least, who were some of the amateur kids you grew up racing with? And talk about the the District 6 scene a little bit, because there's a lot of fast riders that come from District 6. And you raced a lot of fast guys and, and girls. And um, yeah, a lot of really cool racetracks, too. Yeah, man. Uh, born and bred in Pennsylvania. So obviously, District 6 and... Uh... I mean, it's a, it's a hotbed for a flash track, obviously, you know, you see a lot of the pro riders from Pennsylvania now, so it's, it's crazy. And um, man, just all the riders that I got to grow up and, and race against. And, um, you know, obviously Shana, Shana's brother, um, he was racing there. <laughs> um, you know, he, opposite you, but uh, um, you know, never just, heard of him. Yeah. Right. Never heard of him. But uh, yeah, there's so many different riders. And then even like, you know, obviously, like you stated, I wasn't like the fastest amateur ever growing up and, and whatnot, but, uh, you know, learned a lot from, from racing against, you know, all the good riders. And when we moved up to local expert, that's kind of where we really learned a lot. So when we, we went local expert, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old kids, and we were racing Jake Johnson and Kevin Barnes, Ron Wood, and, you know, Yoder and Miller and all, all the pro racers that, you know, were on the pro tour then, um, you know, we were racing them on a weekly basis in the, in the local races. And it was, it was tough. Yeah. Shout out to the Maryland kids too, that we grew up with Kleinfelder and Eisenach. And for a while there, there was a kid guy named Brian Douglas, but uh, yeah, man, district 16 was, uh, was pretty heavy. Frankie, what do you, what do you got for Brandon? I mean, Brandon, I mean, you're obviously, you're not, I don't know how old you are exactly, but you're not very old. You're, you know, you're our age. And, and when I think of you, I immediately like that, that name Brandon Robinson has been just such a statement in, uh, you know, American flat track for so long. And, and I, I, when I look like, when I, when I hear that name, Brandon Robinson, like, I think like veteran, you know, but at the same time, you're still young and it, it's like a weird situation. You just, like Corey said, you've been doing this for so long. Like, do you consider yourself a veteran or, or, you know, how, how do you, I mean, you've been, you know, a staple in the twins class for a really long time. You've ridden for a lot of teams. You're in a lot of bikes. Um, you know, how, how do you feel? Do you, do you feel like a vet in this sport? Oh, no, dude, dude I'm definitely old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm older than you think I am, but uh, man, it's a, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, like I said, I've been around for a while and ridden for a lot of different uh, teams and, and different motorcycles. And, you know, I've had, you know, my success along the road on the road and uh, man, it's a, uh, I'm definitely closer to the end of my career than I'm in the beginning for sure. Um, but you know, I'm still uh, able to win and still having fun doing what I love. And, and that's all it's all, that's what it's all about. So, um, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to, you know, continuing racing as long as I can and, and hopefully uh, winning along the way. Well, you actually just, so your career is like a borderline transition area. Um, you just missed the start of the pro singles class, if I'm correct. I think that class started in 2009 and I think you rode, 
So you were a year after me. I wrote basic expert in 07. You went basic expert in 08. And I guess you rode, man, it was so weird back then. I almost forget. Did you ride a single in 08? Did you make your first national in 08? Was that at Daytona? Was that 08 or 09? Yeah, it was 08. It was a, that was a weird transition in the sport because it was like you could race singles in the Grand National class, but the twins sport. were, you know, in the basic deal. So we had to race a different twins class. It was kind of a little goofy back then, but yeah. So you, you know. so you missed the pro singles like stuff, like your first year as a pro, you pretty much just did hot shoes. Yeah. Right? Just, just hot shoes in the pro sport class. And basically it was just another year amateur, honestly. I mean, we're racing against the same kids that we raced the year before, but just uh, another year of experience. Yeah. So what, I guess my question is what, what do you look back on as far as that transition? Are you happy with where you were like riding that basic basic expert class or do you wish you kind of were able to do the the pro singles class in 09 i mean you jumped up in 09 and you were pretty obviously really competitive right away you won the expert twins championship in 08 um you know were you happy with kind of where you got placed in the the time frame or do you wish kind of you you did things a little bit differently like um you know obviously if you could have done that pro singles area would you, would you have wanted to do it um man it's a weird it's it's tough because that was the only option we had so that was it man and, and back then it was uh you know when you went pro sport it was like all right one year in pro sport and move up to the big boy class there was no waiting around and uh it's just a little it's a little bit different than the the era we're in now um you know where the singles class is pretty stacked there's a lot of guys who and you know, girls have been there for a long time and and you know make names for themselves in that class so it's like you know back then we didn't want to stay there we wanted to go to the twins class and and you know, went to the basic Clintons class and won that pretty easily. And it was like, all right, we're going to the big boy class and, and play with these guys. And, uh, you know, I still had a lot to learn, obviously. And, and it took me some time before I actually had some real success, but, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I wouldn't change it for, for anything. Brandon, I got to ask, I mean, we had a whole show, um, you know, basically on this matter and even had Gary Gray on here. Um, I am just assuming that you are going to be riding an Indian this year. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm going to be back with uh, the Mission Foods Roof Systems Indian team. Awesome. Um, so with that said, and with these new rule changes, I mean, how does that going into 2022, you know, what does that do for you? Like, does that bother you or do you feel like, you know, you're still going to be as competitive? Because obviously, I mean, you're a front runner, um, you know, uh, how, how do you feel about all that? Like, in, as, you know, as a rider who's going to be riding an Indian and obviously those rules, you know, affect the Indian motorcycle extremely. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's going to be a little different for sure. You know, obviously they started making some uh, rule changes last year on us and it, it affected us a little bit, but um, you know, again, we, we kind of have a game plan. I think, I think uh, it's going to hurt more of the privateer Indian riders more than the factory guys, just because of the, you know, the resources and money factor that is involved with that, you know, those guys have a, a better opportunity to, you know, reconfigure motors and different packages and, and try to get, you know, the power back out of them with the, you know, the restrictors with the horsepower that we're going to be losing. Um, but, you know, all in all, we have a great team and we have a pretty solid funding, um, you know, on our side of things. So we're, we're going to be decently overall. I think, uh, I don't think the half miles are going to change too much in the short tracks. You know, I think the miles, it might, uh, it might throw a little wrench in the, in the game plan. Um, but we're going to see when we get on the track on, you know, in Volusia in March, and that's all we can do. We got to do a little bit of homework and uh, test and, and uh, be as prepared as we can be. And, and uh, hopefully uh, it all works out still.
Yeah. With that being said, you kind of bring up a point that I wanted to ask and I don't even know, like I've talked a little bit about it with Briar, obviously he's a, my brother-in-law, but um, wanted to bring up obviously on the miles, these last few years on the miles, uh, Jared Meese and Kenny Tolbert, they have something figured out on these miles where it doesn't even look like it's even, it's even a race sometimes. Um, do you feel it's, it's more so the bike or is it a package deal? Like, what do you think they're doing differently on the miles that, you know, like, man, he's winning these miles by 10, 12 seconds. Sometimes it's, you know, obviously Kenny Tolbert is a hall of fame tuner and Jared Meese is a hall of fame rider, but do you feel riding with Jared is, is it, is it that much harder to draft him? I mean, what is, what is that thought process like on the miles? I mean, it's a chess game. So what's that chess chess game like? Yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, obviously, Tolbert's no dummy, and he's uh, he's done his homework. So they've they've got a hell of an engine package, and um, you know, with racing against them, uh, you know, I can I can see it, I can feel it. You know, I think he's definitely got the the fastest horse on the racetrack without a doubt. And the fact that he's a you know a legend status rider, I mean, that you know, you put those two combinations together, and, and it's gonna be really tough to beat. So I mean, I just I kind of look back at you know, say Springfield last year, day one where it was, I think it was, uh, you know, Jared, myself and Briar kind of going at it. And, and uh, the only way I could really control the race in a sense was kind of just kind of cutting off some, you know, distance going in the corners and, and controlling the race in the corners where he would kind of blow by me pretty quick down a straightaway. And, you know, halfway down the straightaway, he's got the lead again. And it's like, man, it, it was tough to, tough to race against them. And, uh, you know, I really had to, to kind of bonsai the outside or like I say, kind of almost block past him coming into the corner to really get around them. So it was tough for me to draft. And, you know, some of it might be, you know, Briar and I's height and weight, you know, we're, we're a little bit bigger than he is, but I don't, I don't know if it really makes that big of a difference of what we're feeling and what we're seeing down the straightaways. So, um, but again, kudos to those guys for figuring it out. I mean, that's it's part of racing. That's part of racing. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, um, you know, this makes us go back and, and go back to the drawing board and, and you know, do some homework and try to get something else out of these things that'd be more competitive. Hey, Brandon. So, I mean, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming off an injury. I just had surgery on Tuesday, um, heading back into 2022 race season for myself. Um, but I know like, you know, you, the last couple seasons, the end of the season, you have dealt with injuries and, you know, at the end of 2020, I believe you, you broke your ankle pretty badly. Um, and then, um, this year you had a knee surgery as an athlete. Is that, you know, obviously, like I said, also as well, you're, you know, a veteran, so you're smart. You've done this for so many years. Um, as an athlete, is that something that you plan to do in the off season? Like you kind of figure out your weak points during the year and like get your body right for the next season it is like your knee surgery this year. Is that something that you planned? And like, how, how has, has injuries like that affected you, you know, the last couple of years in, in your career? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I ride hurt more than I ride healthy, unfortunately. So uh, man, it, it sucks, but I think at the same time, I've come to kind of know what my body's capable of and, and, and know what I can get away with racing. And, uh, man, the knee deal last year was tough. I mean, that was, uh, that was either get surgery right after it happened and miss the rest of the season or, or try and ride it out. And then, you know, we wrote it out and, and it was pretty decent for a while, but I think as the year went on, you know, obviously just not being able to train and not being able really to do the things I needed to do on a weekly basis, it hurt me as the season went on. And I kind of got, you know, just ran down basically physically so I kind of struggled as the you know the halfway mark of the season a little after that and kind of was hit or miss or whatnot but uh 
we made the best of it and, uh, you know, went in for surgery and, and, uh, you know, with what I had done, it's, I'm, I'm actually cutting it early for Volusia, you know, it's, uh, my recovery should be longer, but we're going to have to make it work and, you know, really being smart with it, um, you know, in this off season and, and kind of waiting, like, I'm not even going to be able to ride probably until the end of, end of this month, early, uh, February, where I'm going to have to just hop on a flat track bike and, uh, really just sticking off the moto bike. Like I gotta, I gotta be safe with it. Can I can't mess it up. So it'll be another couple of months before I hop on a moto bike and, and, uh, yeah, it's just, man, it's just learning what you can go through and, and, and dealing with the adversity and it is what it is. So that incident with Jared Meese at Chicago, um, it was kind of watching the replay. It, it's tough to pinpoint what the fuck actually happened. Um, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> um, what uh i, I mean tell you what happened <laughs> well yeah and i know obviously you uh on the on the um broadcast and whatever you got to kind of it's a different kind of approach to wh- where we're at with like this pod you can kind of open up a little bit more i mean it's so long ago it is what it is at this point um but from what i from what i was from what i've seen at that deal um you know jared was just coming off his own knee injury and it looked like to me he just got himself in a predicament that he wasn't able to kind of manage with where his injury was. Um, he was a little timid with putting his foot down too hard to kind of stop the um, inertia from going into the apex and just made contact uh, contact. And his best option was to kind of just wrap you around and try to keep him on two wheels rather than, you know, you both go down. And I'm not saying it was like, it was like intentionally dirty, but he got himself into a position where with his injury, it looked like, he wasn't able to kind of rebound from it in a way that kept you guys both on the bike. So what were, um, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, uh, and, uh, and are you, are you still pissed off about it? Or are you, are you okay? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm not salty about it. I mean, uh, I'm pretty much on the same page with you. I, I think it was just, uh, you know, I know how bad his knee injury was and what he was dealing with, uh, you know, after talking to him after mine, you deal. And, um, you know, I think he, I think he did get in a predicament that, you know, if he was healthy, I think he could have got out of and, and wouldn't have been, wouldn't have took me out, but it, it is what it is at this point, you know, and, and we're friends. So it's, it's not like we hate each other or anything like that. And, you know, he was still helping me out with, uh, you know, getting me dialed in with a knee brace and helping me to get through the rest of the season, honestly. So um, kudos to him for that. But um, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, it was, it was on him, you know, he, he did take me out and it, you know, again, I, like I said, I'm not mad. It wasn't intentional. I know that, you know, so um you know, there's no, no grudges or nothing like that. I'm not going to hold that against them or whatnot, but, um, you know, it sucked and it definitely, uh, definitely threw my season into a little bit of a, a, a spiral. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I, my knee was a little worse than, uh, even I thought, you know, towards the end of the season, um, the way it kind of wore down and I went to get surgery and, uh, you know, Doc Henry out of, uh, Houston, he's like, man, this thing's pretty bad. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it is what it is. And like I said, I'm, I'm pretty much the same page with you on that whole deal. So, um, yeah. And that's, that's cool that, you know, things can happen like that. And it's, it's always cool when, when riders can, you know, make mistakes and, and competitors, you know, have their issues on the track and still maintain, you know, coolness and friendship, you know, afterwards, knowing that I, I think that a lot of, a lot of people get that mixed up, you know, when you're on the track, it's, it's, things happen and racing motorcycles is gnarly and and you know when you have adrenaline and things like that you know people do things they probably wouldn't normally wouldn't you know normally wouldn't do and you know it's it's cool to uh 
to see that friendship. Obviously, we just saw like the incident in at round one of Supercross with with uh, uh, Barsha and Anderson, and you know one silly Instagram post, and you know everyone saw that how cool these riders are with each other, understanding that mistakes happen, and you know it's just about supporting each other, even you know through all that stuff. So that's that's a cool story to hear. I like that, um, Brandon. So obviously we talked a little bit about, you know, you guys growing up district six, blah, blah, blah. Um, what, like, how did your transition into like professional racing? Or, like what year did it happen? Like I said, you've been doing this a long time and I look at you as like kind of a veteran, even though you're not as old as you want to pretend that you are. Um, <laughs> but, uh, how, uh, I mean, how, how was your transition into professional racing? What was, what year was that and what was the vibes in American flat track racing, you know, then compared to now? Um, man, I think, uh, my first season as a professional, um, would be like the pro sport Hashu class back in 2007. And, and like I said earlier, it wasn't, it wasn't much different than the, you know, amateur racing for me. Cause it was like everyone from, you know, 16 year old amateurs moved up together. So, um, we were all racing kind of the same core group of guys. And then um, 2008, I kind of got my feet wet a little bit racing in the racing singles against the Grand National guys and, and had that basic class um, for the twins. So again, I had experience on the twins where I was basically racing the same guys I grew up against the entire time and uh, was just able to get some experience there. And then I think 2009 was my actual rookie season um, and moving up. And, and that was a big jump. Um, you didn't really realize how good those guys were on twins and how good they were for the longevity of a race and, and just the intensity difference between, you know, racing basically amateurs and, and going to the, to the real deal pro class. And it, it was different. And uh, man, it's, it's been a long journey and I, you know, I continue to learn still um, even after all these years. So it's kind of crazy how it's all just kind of come full circle and, and uh, man, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's been different. Do you feel, um, it's always kind of seemed to me that you've been kind of underrated, um, your early results, obviously you started getting podiums and won a couple races there, finished third in the points. Wasn't too long ago, maybe 14 or 15. What year did you finish third in the points? Uh, the first time was 13. 13. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Do you, uh, do you feel you're a little underrated and, if so, why do you think that is? Do you think it's um because you're kind of a quiet, because you're, you know, like your riding style, maybe? Um, it seems guy, it seems like guys that are more smooth don't get the job. Like they're just very workmanlike. Um, they don't get the kind of exposure or press that like somebody flashy like Jeffrey Carver gets. You know, Jeffrey goes out, he wins a race, but then you know, he has a couple eighths, ninths, whatever um you know you go out you're you're consistently up front but you're not doing anything flashy you're getting good starts sometimes at least you're up front um and you're just putting in workmanlike results why do you why do you think um you know do you feel underrated and if so why uh, i i guess i mean i guess i guess i've always kind of had that vibe about me in a sense um I think some of it's, uh, you know, my laid back demeanor. Some of it's my lack of TT ability. Uh, <laughs> some of it is, uh, you know, some of it's just, I don't really care. I don't care to be in the spotlight. I, you know, I, I go there to do my job, have fun and win races. I don't, I don't care what people think really, you know, I go there to, to represent my sponsors, my team and, 
have a good time with them. And other than that, I, I pretty much sit in my chair and in my pit the entire time. I don't go out of my way to talk to people really. So um, I'm pretty much all business when it comes to racing. <laughs> Welcome yeah, on. I feel like in my whole life. My whole... <laughs> That's scared Brandon. <laughs> I feel like in my whole lifetime of going to AFT races, I, like this is the most I've ever talked to Brandon Robinson. So yeah, laid back is definitely the vibe for you. Um, I've always like been like see you at the races and like I know you're cool so I was like always like I don't want to say hi but I'm like is he cool or like what's the deal I don't know I'm just gonna keep going so <laughs> don't <laughs> but, be scared uh, man <laughs> I'm not scared now now we broke we, we broke out of you broke you out of your shell or at least I broke out of the shell with you um, on this podcast it's there good for go. that sort of thing yeah yeah we'll um, do it or whatever and then, I mean I'll talk to anybody but I usually don't make first contact <laughs> <laughs> not that guy out of the spotlight yeah <laughs> um hey so like obviously the last couple of years like mission foods has gotten into and now that they're the title sponsor for the show and uh there might be some mission food things going on um the frankie garcia situation this year possibly um i mean you're uh, you know obviously sponsored by mission foods and you have a seem to have a really good relationship with them and you're constantly like doing cool stuff and all these posts like what does that mean to you like that's cool for in my eyes like riding the king of the bagger series they're obviously the title sponsor for our series as well but to have an outside sponsor like that come into you know the sport of flat track and you know road racing what's what's that mean to you i mean do you see i mean obviously we're seeing growth out of the series and bigger and better things but i mean what's that mean to you is that is that a you know something that you look at and and you know that motivates you and motivates you to to be in a sport that obviously is growing yeah i mean obviously it's pretty sick that they've come on board and um having a you know outside industry sponsor is kind of you know the hardest thing to get in in motorsports so um you know it's been it's been great to have them on board and it's been a great partnership and uh, you know one of those deals where i just kind of it's something different than just the typical, you know, racing relationship that you have, you know, we're, we're able to do some more fun things and not that I'm a big social guy, but, you know, I, I do my part and, and try to, you know, do what I can for them. And, and I, uh, you know, I like food, so that's always a benefit and I love tacos. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good mix for, uh, for our sponsorship side of things. And, uh, you know, so I'm able to do some cool stuff there and, uh, you know, I mean, they obviously brought some cool stuff as far as like the, the, the cardboard cutouts of you know riders and putting them in grocery stores and it's like it almost makes you feel famous sort of so it's it's a it's been a different dynamic and and the fact that you know now that we have you know uh the hospitality tent in the paddock it, it's kind of crazy like you can just see this this whole uh new life to flat track and it's it's just kind of it, it's making it feel more prestigious it's making it feel more professional it's 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 you know, making it where we want to go there. And I mean, like I said, the whole hospital tent is sick. So I love to eat and that just makes it happy for me. What are your thoughts on the 2022 schedule? Uh, a lot of old racetracks coming back, Red Mile and Rapid City, Castle Rock. And then obviously there's some racetracks on there that are not on there that you've done well at like OKC. Um, what else have you? What else have you done well at that's not on there? Uh, let's see. Uh, Atlanta Short Track, Paris. Okay. Well, yeah, he's been gone for. They've been gone for a little while. Yeah, now, a couple so. years. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the schedule in general? Um, you know, it seems like it should be good for you. Um, 
Yeah, what are your thoughts yeah, on it? I mean, overall, I think it's a pretty good mixture of races. The only thing I think sucks is there's only one cushion race, which, you know, to me, that kind of, I don't know, those are usually the best races, the, you know, the most action-packed, most lead changes and, you know, crisscrossing lines and whatnot. They're just, they're just fun to me. And I think I've, I've really grown into a cushion guy the last couple of years. So it's, I'm a little biased when it comes to that now. And uh, it's a bummer seeing OKC on there. It was a, that was a good place for us, you know, just walking out in the tunnel, um, you know, in between the grandstands was always pretty cool vibe and, you know, smacking, uh, you know, giving high fives, to all the kids and stuff, uh, you know, coming through there was always pretty cool, but uh, overall it's a pretty decent schedule. A couple of new tracks. Uh, I love the fact that we start in Volusia and end Volusia. It's 20 minutes from my house. So I love it. Three races there. That's pretty sick. Um, I would love to see a Daytona short track come back, but I don't think that will ever will. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good mix and, you know, we're going all over, all over the country and, and, uh, yeah, it should be fun. With the recent announcement of, of Brian Smith's new role with American flat track, um, how do you think that that's going to affect, um, the sport? I mean, obviously I, I, in my opinion, I think it's going to be extremely positive, but I mean, I don't know what your relationship is with Brian, but how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I'm not overly close to Brian, so I don't, I don't honestly know, and I don't really know what he's supposed to be doing. So <laughs> I don't really have much input there. <laughs> I, I'd like so to say, Brian, be, I'd like to say it'd be decent just because he's, he's been a rider that's been in the paddock, you know, recently. So he's got the, he's got the understanding of what we go through right now. And, and I think he can bring that to, to the sport and, and give it a little bit more understanding you know, from the riders to the AFT side of things and, and that translation and that relationship. So I think that'll be good. But other than that, like I said, I don't honestly know what all he's doing. So. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure reading it, what exactly the job title was, but um, man, it's just good to have one of us over there and, and helping out as much as we can get. And I actually talked to Brian this week um, going over some things with uh, some of the rule changes for this year. And he was super accommodating and, um, just offered a lot of good insight input. So, um, yeah, my, my first conversation with Brian and his new role, new role was, uh, was definitely positive. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's cool. I'm not sure exactly what I can bug him with, like what questions I can ask him or, or whatever, but, um, yeah, he's, you know, like I said, my first conversation with, uh, B Smith was, was definitely good. Um, it's good to have any, any racers over there to, to kind of get that insight going, but, um, yeah, man, we talked about the schedule, talked about the rules a little bit. Um, you, we talked about your age a little bit. Frankie thought you were young, but I'm like, eh, what's young anymore? You're shaking your head. Like, well, no. I mean, <laughs> what's young? Let's set the bar straight. How old are you? Uh, thirty-one. Yeah, I'm thirty-one. Yeah, I do a little math, but yeah, oh, thirty-one. Yeah, you're young, yeah, you're 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 our age. I mean, you're. Well, cool dude, thanks for that, man. I appreciate it. Thirty's the new twenty, dude. I'm thirty. What they say? Yeah. Thirty's the new twenty. It's like your twenties, except now we have money. <laughs> Do we? So, so you say? <laughs> more. I mean, more more than we did when we were twenty. Money to blow on more shit. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> um, how long are you gonna race for, man? I mean, people ask me that all the time, and I'm like, ah, it's a hard answer. Um like we've mentioned, we've, you've had a lot of injuries. You've just recently got married. So that was fucking awesome. Fun night. Uh, I had a lot of fun at the B-Rob wedding. It was in my hometown. So I could have walked my drunk ass home if I wanted. My wife was there and she was Gucci. So we, we moseyed our way home, but yeah, man, congrats on the wedding and married. So I'm sure kids are coming up soon. What's the three to five year plan look like? 
Uh, well, first off, yeah, getting married, that was, that was awesome. The, the wedding was phenomenal. It was, it was so much fun, man. We had a, you know, had a great time that went off without a hitch and, and, you know, all our friends and, and family, everyone that was close to us then came out. It was awesome, man. The band was insane. It was just a good time. And, um, the beers were flowing. It, it was, it was, it was great. And then, uh, as far as that goes, I mean, family life, uh, we have no actual plans, but I mean, if it happens, it happens kind of deal. So we're just kind of, you know, we're just kind of rolling with the punches when that comes, you know? Um, but as far as racing, uh, I still have a, I guess a five-year plan, you know, I kind of want to go till I'm 35 and, and, and reassess where I'm at. If, if I'm still winning and still on a good team and still have that opportunity to go out there and do what I love and, and be competitive and, and hell yeah, I'll keep going. But you know, if I start kind of hitting the downward slope or something like that, you know, or I get to a point where my body's just hurting too much and yeah, you know, it, it's, it's all situational. We're just going to kind of cross the bridge when it gets there. And, um, you know, right now I'm just looking forward to this season and, and trying to win some more. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Congratulations on the wedding again, man. I think that's, uh, always a, uh, like I, I've told this to Corey before, like to have, uh, you know, someone that's always there next to you as a support system and just someone that you can always kind of lean on, uh, being a motorcycle racer because it's such a demanding physical kind of, you know, it's not like a regular job where you're, you know, waking up at the same day and you have a routine, it's, you know, you're all over the place, you're traveling a lot. So, um, congrats on that, man. That's cool. I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in like family and, you know, having a good support system. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, having a, a five-year plan like you do, I, I respect that, you know, race until you're 35, you know, it's cool when, when we can continue to, to do this stuff. And, you know, um, as we get older, it's not as easy and, you know, we take longer to heal and, but you seem to be doing great. So that's awesome, man. What, uh, what are you most looking forward to this year? Like, as far as, you know, there's changes and things happening. Um, you know, what's your biggest motivator for 2022? Uh, hopefully being healthy. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's the biggest thing. I just want to be healthy for a whole season. That'd be great. But, um, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to getting back to, you know, nine, my new local tracks, Volusia. I mean, that's, that's cool being 20 minutes away. And, uh, I really look forward to going back to Lyme. I mean, I really think I let that one slip through my fingers this year. You know, Briar, Briar came in that main event and he had some, uh, excellent race craft and, uh, you know, he was able to win that one. So, um, I don't know. I feel like I let that one slip through my fingers and I want to come back and kind of get that win back under my belt. And, uh, yeah, I just want to win. That's all I really care about at this point. Well, we talked a obviously about the wedding and your bride, Ashley, she works for AFT. <laughs> so, that adds some dynamic to this deal. Do you get like inside news? Like, is there stuff that she, like you ask her and she legit says, well, I can't really talk about this with you. Like, <laughs> how does that work at home, man? I got to ask, like, do you get all that insight or, or is she kind of like, eh, I can't really talk about that. No, nah, dude, she is, uh, she tells me absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, uh, so funny story, like, you know, when I was like first pursuing her and, you know, trying to get a date or whatnot, she was very anti, like even talking or, or dating a racer. And like, I think I just was so freaking persistent for a long time that she kind of finally caved and went on the first date. And I was like, okay, this guy's all right. And it, it took a while for kind of everything to like come together. And, and, and still, she still won't give me any insight. We're married. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess she does her, she does her job really, really good. And uh, she takes it seriously. And and uh, I mean, she understands there's a, there's kind of a fine line and a dynamic there. So, you know, we can't cross that. And um, yeah, I mean, it, 
it's fun. It's fun that she's at the races, you know, she's not in my pit or, or, you know, being there and changing my tariffs or doing anything like that or whatnot, but she's there for me, you know, if something does happen, which is great. And, um, you know, so it's kind of cool. We're out of each other's hair, but we're still there. And, and you know, and at the end of the night, we have to come back home with one another. And then that's what, uh, that's what it's all about. That's cool, man. That's really cool. Um, we got to get her to start talking more so we get the insights for the show. But anyways, aside from that, um, who do you, who's your favorite competitor? Who's your, like, I, I know that like when I race, like every year, there's always seems to be like one or two guys that I'm like always end up around. Uh, and that I like racing with, you know, not necessarily getting beat by, but I like racing with certain guys because, you know, I end up around them a lot. Uh, and, you know, do you have a, a, a favorite person that you like to, you know, get dicey with that you feel comfortable with that, you know, you seem to be around at a lot of, you know, a lot of main events? Yeah, I would say, you know, this past year, I mean, like, obviously, I think, you know, uh, I was racing a lot with, you know, Briar and Jared Means and Jared Vanderkoy quite a bit. So, um, you know, those guys I, I've come to trust for the most part. And, you know, they have, you know, really good race craft and control. And, you know, we can all trust one another to the point where we all, we all want to go home at the end of the night. You know, we, we know we have families and whatnot. And, you know, we're not out there to, to hurt one another and do some really stupid bonsai moves on one another. And, but they, we also race aggressive with one another at the same time. So it's, it's kind of cool that we can have that respect, but actually, but at the end of the day, we just, we, you know, we're not, we're not going to take it too far. So um, those guys are good to race with. There's, there's a, you know, some guys you don't like to race with obviously, but for the most part, you know, when you're up front, you know, those, those front guys always kind of have a, a good respect for one another. And that's always been good. So on a scale of one to 10, how much do you like your cat? like 50 15 <laughs> frank you do you, do you follow b rob and see all the cat stuff dude i i, I have seen the cat stuff before and, and i think it's cool because i'm a huge cat guy um which is it's not very likely for dudes to be cat guys but i just grew up around cats so i think it's cool yeah i, I was not a cat guy until i met my wife and then she had the cat uh, Willie, follow him on Instagram at Willie Namath if you want to see the real good shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I was not a cat guy until I met him, and he's kind of like a like a part dog, part trash panda, part cat. Like he's just he's just cool, like like a really big cat too. So it's kind of funny. All he does is sleep, so it's kind of I don't know. He's a good time anyway. He's kind of comical. So Brandon lives the most simple life, and yet it's so entertaining. Like <laughs> he's got his cat he'll post like cat fids. Then he'll go on and they'll like be baking a cake one night and we'll be, we'll get the play by play <laughs> of him and Ashley like baking a cake. And then they're like playing, like they have game nights and they're, they're just playing like just the, we get the play by play of game nights. It's such a, like for a professional racer, dude, it's such a simple life and it's so entertaining to, to follow the shitty post. Like, but like baking a cake, it's like 20 step Martha Stewart process and we get every step and it's entertaining as hell. So, um, I love it, dude. I am uh, I'm honored to be one of Willie Namath's, uh, what he follows like 10 people I'm, I'm on the list. So yes, yes. I feel very privileged to be on that list. Um, I got one more follow-up and then we'll do the high, low line. Well, it's not really a follow-up. It's completely fucking different from what we've been talking about with cats, but do you miss riding the XR 750, man? I mean, that's kind of like a vintage bike these days. It kind of happened quick. It felt like 
one year everybody was on them they all were winning and then literally the indian ftr came out well it was kind of like a transition thing from the kawasaki and then the indian came out and then the harleys kind of disappeared whether they're sitting on shelves i don't know even where they'll stack up in the future will they be at vintage races will they just be on shelves will they who knows what the harley looks like in 10 years right so do you miss riding that bike and do you have any anymore like do you still have yours or no no i do not have any. okay do you miss do you miss riding them uh yes and no i mean like obviously the big difference I think between XRs and Indians like XRs, there was either, there was really good ones. And then there was like not so good ones. I mean, I think that was a fair assessment. And like when I rode some really good ones, like some of the ones like arm Brewster built, those were absolutely like, like freaking awesome, man. Like I, I couldn't ask for a better motorcycle. They were so much fun to ride. Um, the bad ones were not fun to ride obviously. Um, but man, and you can't beat the sound of an XR 750, like without a doubt, the, the best sounding flat track motorcycle ever. So like that sound, that feel, like you definitely miss it. You know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm at least blessed to be able to be able to race one of them and kind of be in that weird transition where we kind of moved to the Indian and, and kind of more like a, a modern day, you know, water cooled B twin. So it, it's, it's, it's different. And, uh, you know, like I've obviously had my success on the Indian and I, and I love that motorcycle too. So, um, if I had to pick one, I guess I would probably pick the Indian just because of, how far it's come. And then, like I said, I modernized, it's basically a modernized XR in my opinion. And, and, uh, it just does everything right in the right places. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree, man. I still have one sitting in my garage and I guess, I guess I'm just gonna clean it up and make it a really nice coat hanger. You want to sell it? That one I won't sell. Shana's got both hers still. She's got both of hers still. I wish I had one. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad I, between that and like dude lately i've kind of like kind of been wanting an astro just to put in my garage like mm-hmm. i don't want to race the astro but it'd be cool to know you're not an astro <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I what about stand, a hooligan bike dude? I want an astro. you want, I an, want astro? an astro to ride on like a nice yeah so bad so bad i watched like chandler and rodney spencer and those guys ride them at like our they're like down the road from our house there's this like quarter mile dg perfectly groomed it's like a little slice of heaven short track and I see those guys out there on their Astros, and I'm just like, I have to have one of those. He robs. So I, I won't. He doesn't like Astros. <laughs> I don't like the compression. You're a Rotax guy, though. Dude, I'm a Rotax guy. See, uh, I would rather have a Rotax over an Astro. Oh, any day. I fucking hate Rotax. Dual shocker, wood Rotax. Maybe I've never ridden. A, it's not even fair to say I haven't ridden a good one because I've ridden like six or eight bikes that people have kicked ass on. I just never. I just never could ride them things, dude. I don't know why. I mean, it's, I like the XR 750 and they always say a Rotex is a one cylinder XR. And I just like never could never really ride one. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a squid. I don't know. I, they're cool. Like I Rotex are starting to come, like they're starting to get pricey now, man. You see on the flat track swapping shop, like there's, there's Rotex going for like eight grand. I see like a couple of years ago, they're going, you couldn't even sell them for five, five give grand. Them you could give them away. And, now they're like making a making a comeback man it's uh yeah it's crazy and obviously i i would i would love to have an rs 750 like the most pristine oh, one like who wouldn't insane. want one of them oh. um yeah no it'll be interesting man to see what the what the xr looks like in 10 years and what the indian looks like in 10 the ftr looks like in 10 20 years i mean 
there's not that many of those bikes out there. Like I feel like there's a lot more XR 750s out there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those FTR 750s hold their value. And I don't know, but we're, we're looking pretty far ahead by that point. We'll be in our fifties. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't even want to see what that looks like, but, um, anyway, we do this high, low line, man. I, I you listen to our show sometimes, sometimes how many shows have you listened to a lot or no? I don't, I don't do a lot of social media kind of stuff. Well, this or, is a podcast or podcast. I, I mean, I've listened to like 10, maybe 10. Damn. What, what episode are we on? 83 oh wow sorry my bad Jeez, <laughs> uh you know the high you know how the high low line works though right uh-huh. all right he doesn't even know how Explain it, dude. all right so so this or that you pick one or the other and uh one or two sentence deal on um on why you feel that way and frankie if you want to chime in on any of these feel free uh yeah i've, I've got a couple myself so okay perfect well then i'll get to yeah. some of the good ones i have i started adding some as we were talking uh pit or paddock Pit. I mean, that's pits. Pits. Yeah. I disagree. And I'm going to get hammered for this. I like, I think paddock. I like paddock. I like that blue collar guy. I'm a, I'm a blue collar, cool. simple guy. Blue pits. It is. Yeah. I, respect that. I don't know, man. I mean, I grew up like I grew up in the pits. Like I, I get it. I just think you, you talk about the pits. Does, I don't, I, dude, it's something that it's not even that important, but that's why I asked them. I, yeah, I, I like, I like the paddock, man. I really do. Pits is cool. That's whatever. Don't fucking matter. We're not road racing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What does yeah. pits mean? I don't know. The pits are dirt. Yeah. Go ahead, Frankie. All right. Would you rather be a top tier supercross racer or a top tier MotoGP racer? Oh, man, that's tough. Huh. Man, they're both cool. Uh, Supercross man, hurts more. Yeah, Supercross would be pretty badass. Those, those guys are like... They get hurt way more. They get hurt more, but like it's it's crazy cool Like like what they can do on a motorcycle. Like hands down, like some of the most talented athletes on motorcycles. So yeah, I, I, I'd really do that. What about you, Frankie? Oh, man. That's, you know, it's funny. I asked the question and never thought about that myself. Um, I still I feel like we don't truly understand how big MotoGP is because it's not that it's not that big over here. But like overseas, like Rossi is like he's like a Justin Bieber, like in America, he's huge. More, yeah, right. So it's. Um, I will say this: this is going to sound so dumb, but I always thought to myself, if I ever had a for some reason had like one wish that could ever be granted it would either be to ride a top factory moto gp bike or drive a formula one car um i've been around the supercross you know industry for a long time and i've been really involved with that and it is amazing and those are some of the most talented and you know most fit athletes in the world but being a road racer um I've always been so curious as to how well a MotoGP bike works. So I would have to say a MotoGP racer. Yeah. And you mentioned MotoGP or F1. I'd rather drive an F1 car. Um, I don't know. I just think that would be I'm, incredible. I'm just so curious because like I said, being a road racer, 
how well like the best road race bike in the world works i i'm just extremely curious so yeah and i would know the difference because i rode the xr 1200 when they had the road racing series everybody's like that uh, bike that bike handles like shit doesn't i was like i don't fucking know i've never ridden anything else it handles fine to me it's great, <laughs> so, it's great. <laughs> sticks fine it's better than the battle tracks days you know? yeah well and then i high-sided it at road america and uh i had no explanation to why i high-sided it it just started bucking and then i crashed so i was like eh, maybe this bike's not as good as i thought but anyway um that was a good one man it's a good question all right b rob i know you're you're kind of a nerd like myself so i have a couple nerdy ones uh disney or universal disney hands down i'm actually a uh so fun fact i'm actually a disney season pass holder so yeah there's that i love it frankie what are you disney universal bro and also cool thing i i was a disney pass holder for like eight years so I, I'm a Disney guy myself. I love going to Disneyland. When I moved to Southern California, I moved to Anaheim, the closest place I could find that was like legit to Disneyland. So I could go whenever I wanted to. So Bro, Disney Disneyland is like the shopping mall at Disney World. It's not yeah, even. It doesn't, it doesn't really count. I've never been to Disney World, so I didn't let that ruin me. Oh, so. man. We got to get you to Florida. I got to make it happen. What were you going to say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I was going to say, so Epcot is actually like the best part of Disney World, the whole yeah, deal. I know. Yeah. So Corey has his own little Epcot dance. If you want to find out about that, you can ask him. And then also you can There's, drink around the world at Epcot, which is absolutely sick. So ask, you know, me and Briar did that this year. I was sick. I saw that. Briar said he was wasted. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, Universal's cool. They got uh, the Marvel Studios and they have Harry Potter World, which is pretty awesome. But uh, generally speaking, Disney, you, it's, you can't top Disney. So uh, good, Frank. Do you have any more? I got like probably two, two or th- uh, I got probably two or three more. All right. Um, the best mile you've ever ridden or the best short track you've ever ridden, what would you rather ride? I'd uh, rather ride probably a mile. I mean, it's just, I don't know, iconic. I mean, love going fast. That's what flat track's about, going fast, turning left, man. So, yeah, hell yeah, a mile for sure. Follow-up uh, on that. Follow-up, Indy or Springfield mile? Oh, Springfield. Indy has bad memories. I'm not a big fan of that place. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Brandon had a horrific crash at Indy in – don't tell me it was 2009. I seen you looking at the notes, but I don't have that on here. I just have Indy <laughs> Mile crash. I just guessed that it was 09. Yeah, you were right. And Brandon crashed. It was like first lap of the main event, and everyone's like, "Brandon's down." And um, so we went down. Like I was Brandon. You come with us? Did you come with us? Uh, yeah, I think so. So Brandon came to the race with us, um, or something. And we go down the. I didn't make the main, so I I go down. I'm like looking for Brandon on the track. I see his bike and they're like, he's on the other side of the track. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? He's crashed in this corner. They're like, he's over the fence. I was like, Oh shit. He crashed down to the air fence. He hit the air fence like a trampoline and it bounced him up over the fence at Indy. Indy's defense is not that short. And he was la- He was in the parking lot of the, uh, of the fairgrounds, dude. It was, a gnarly crash, man. It, you're lucky. You're, that was could have been way worse, but that was a massive recovery for you, man. I mean, well, 
briefly touch upon that. I forgot to even address that, and we'll we'll finish up here with a couple more high low lines. But yeah, I mean, indie, that indie crash was massive. Oh yeah, hands down, like the worst crash injury I've ever been through. So um, yeah, that was a that was a long process. You know, pretty much crushed my hip, pelvis, and that whole deal. And um, you know, after surgeries and whatnot, lost a lot of feeling in my right leg and. And it was like tough to even start walking again. And, and it took me a while to get my legs back and, and, and whatnot. So that was, uh, that was, that sucked, obviously, you know, the physical side of it and, and the mental part of it was like, just as, you know, gnarly, you know, going over the fence and kind of getting over that first turn fear, fear. Cause it was right off the starting line, like going into the turn, turn one, right off the, right off the green light. So, um, you know, we were just barely getting into fourth gear shifted on going in turn one and, uh, I'm going for a wild ride, pretending I'm Superman or something, and uh, you know, end up in the parking lot. So it was a uh, wasn't fun for sure. I did not know about this. That is aggressive. That's crazy, dude. It was like I said. I went to look for him in turn one, up by the air fence, and he was in the parking lot. So yeah, obviously it was. That we're thankful he's all right now, but at the time he, you know, he spent what a week or two in the hospital. I mean, it was yeah, it was uh, I think two weeks in the hospital. I think you guys grabbed me on the way back from Springfield to take me home. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, aggressive is a a very good word for that whole deal. But anyway, yeah, memories in the past. So yeah, okay, I get it. India, uh, India, not on your. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that much. <laughs> Indy, for me, India is where I made my I, mean, fir- I made my first main event at Indy. And it's weird because that's actually where I got my first podium is Indy Mile. So it's kind of a, yeah. a weird deal. Love hate relationship, nip, I guess. A little nip tuck something like type deal, whatever that means. Um all right. So I got I got two more personally. Um Parker or Carr? I mean, obviously Parker's a goat, you know, top, you know, statistically wise, but I mean Carr was the guy we watched growing up. So um I, mean, I like them both. I mean, I mean, as far as guys I know and, and watch racing car, as far as personality, I mean, you can't go wrong with Parker. I mean, that guy's hilarious, especially when he gets on Instagram and he's cracking beers at 9 a.m. or whatnot, going fishing. It's pretty freaking funny. So, and I uh, see him at the racetrack still is pretty awesome. So he's, he's always trying to hype you up and, and get you ready to get out there and grab a handful of throttle. You got Parker one more party's harder for sure. <laughs> he parties way harder car don't drink no way more harder. man car don't drink no more <laughs> parker the, the the bigger question is who parties harder and we've talked about this before but parker or springer springer and, or parker <laughs> but but i've heard it's parker it's not even close anymore parker or mark Cheza would be the would be the actual question um yeah yeah i don't i part i i don't think anyone parted pat maroney bro pat maroney still goes hard i just went boating with pat maroney uh i guess it was probably two weeks ago and pat maroney's no joke man he gets it on still i was i couldn't keep up with him like he's like dude i was boating with pat maroney and we were drinking on the boat i legit he was calling up his friend almost we were almost made a call for me to buy a boat so like he had me talked into buying a boat until we talked about the finances. Like I thought maybe a boat would be like, I don't know, 20 grand, like 15, 20 grand. Like, yeah, it would suck, but like, whatever, I'll buy a boat for that. He's like, well, you know, I, I think you could get it for uh 150. And I was like, 150 bucks, that's cheap. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 150 grand. I was like, oh, dude, we're not in the same, we're not in the same range here. He's like, yeah, yeah. All hang of out. a sudden you weren't a boat guy. 
I was not a broke guy. He's like, you hang out with me, dude. You're going to go broke. I was like, yeah, man. I, the way my bank account's set up, you know, I, 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 can't, really make, <laughs> I can't really make that happen. Oh, man. Um, so I got one more as we are sitting here. This is kind of a stupid one, but we're sitting here drinking a Land Shark each. Land Shark or Bush Light, man, if you had to get a year supply. Land Shark. What's the what's the old saying we used to say? Landy and a handy. Landy for a handy. Landy and a handy. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> say anything on the show. <laughs> uh, all right. So now we all know how you guys got those beers from each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, God, that's good. <laughs> out. Well, I have Bush Light in my fridge too, and he's like, "What are the Bush lattes doing in the fridge?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, my stepdad Bill was here." For I thought Vandergoy was here <laughs> for the winter throwdown. <laughs> We had some bush lattes in the uh we got a little bit of a potpourri man we got twisted teas in there right now way too much alcohol for training delicious. season yeah that's like a trendy thing right now i think because the supercross they sponsor supercross everybody's drinking the twisted yep. teas i tried to get on board motorsports action you're a twisted tea guy huh i i drank one preston burroughs like bought me one one time at a gas station and I was like, oh, I've never tried them. And like Dustin Pipes and the Hep team, um, you know, they're obviously sponsored by them in the Supercross series. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll drink that. And dude, those things are so delicious. It's dangerous. It's not safe. Yeah, I drank one. Like I said, there was one in the fridge. I drank one the other night and I, I kind of had to muscle it down. I wasn't like so super. I had it was like raspberry flavored. So maybe if I drink the the stock version, maybe it'll be a uh, stock. Is, yeah, it's good. Stock. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Well, I think that's about all we got, man. That was a solid pod. And now that we're Florida mates, get you on again. Uh, catch up with you maybe before the season starts. Uh, who's winning the championship this year, dude, in the Super Twins class? I don't know. What do you mean, putting you on, dude? What's... I mean, I hope I can win it. That's kind of why I'm doing it, you know? Let's go. I mean, <laughs> all right. Hey, way to be confident. <laughs> hey. Hey, I'm, I haven't even started riding a motorcycle yet, so I'm I'm, I'm waiting until I feel that out first. Well, he's he gotten third third in the points twice, right? Three times now. You got third three times. Yeah, that's crazy. Again, underrated. Underrated. <laughs> Underappreciated. Brandon Robinson on the pod. Uh, I guess I don't have to say goodbye to you because you're sitting here. I'll just wrap up the sponsors. You got anything for uh, Brandon, Frankie, before we let him go? Are you? Uh... Yeah, yeah, man. I'm stoked that we did this. Like, like I said, I've never been really had a relationship with you. I like been around and, and seen you and we have tons of mutual friends, obviously. And I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that we do this. I mean, this is fun and you know, I can't wait to see at the races and hang out in person. Oh yeah, brother. Sounds good, man. Right on. Well, good pod. Want to make sure we shout out these sponsors once again, a huge shout out to mission foods. We're coming on board this year and supporting what we do make sure you check out their products and and support them. They're, they're supporting us, supporting the sport and keeping a lot of what we do in our industry going. So check out mission foods and uh, yeah, buy some product bell power sports. They've been with us since day one, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Frankie, myself, we wear the race star flex. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by bell Yamaha motorsports and Yamaha racing Big fans of Yamaha. It's what I currently ride, the MT-07. Check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com. I might have already said that, but we're rolling it again. I've had a few brewskis. Uh, motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. 
Yamaha revs your heart. I mean, they also make pressure washers, pianos. They make a lot of cool shit. So Yamaha, baby, we love it. Indian motorcycle since 1901. Indian motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. B Rob's on an Indian motorcycle. Frankie's on an Indian motorcycle. Shayna, Briar, the whole squad, all on Indian motorcycles. So make sure you support Indian motorcycle and everything they're doing. Uh, go test ride a bike and yeah, you could be teammates with everyone I just mentioned. Uh, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. Check out their website, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. 19-inch, 17-inch, off-road, street. They got a ton of great products. And we're going to be doing a bunch of Dunlop giveaways here on our podcast. Um, I got to think of some giveaway like ideas, trivia questions or something. But yeah, in addition to sponsoring our podcast for this year, Dunlop's going to give away like eight tires or so. I, I got to got to get going on that. So next show we will be doing our first Dunlop giveaway of 2022 and Jerry Stinchfield roof systems of Dallas, Texas commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Check out his website, commercialroofsystems.net. Uh, we appreciate everything Jerry does for our podcast and for the sport. Frankie, that's a wrap dog. I know you're at training. I, you had me, uh, talking, you and Max whale were in a sauna together. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, I got a, I, I'm today was day one back in the gym. I, I made my way back to Southern California. Um, someone actually flew up from down here and, uh, drove me back down because I was incapable. And so I made my way back to Costa Mesa, uh, where the gym is, um, where my trainer lives so it's uh i'm kind of stuck here like i'm i'm, I'm I, I can drive my truck like in you know short distances and stuff like that but uh yeah i'm just trying to do everything i can to get ready for the season you know shout out to um this unnameable um person that that kindly drove up and uh and or flew up and, and drove me back down to southern california shout out to you know my trainer joe cancerelli uh, for taking care of me and, and, you know, while I'm unable to do a lot myself and let me stay at his house, which is just right down the street from the gym. And so, yeah, it's been cool, man. Uh, yeah, we're back in the gym, but yeah, it brought Max, Max in with me today and got him doing some stuff. And I just wanted to see him suffer a little bit. Really he talks a lot, uh, talks a lot of smack. And so I wanted yes. to see him suffer at the gym. That's exactly what we did. We got him in the sauna and he couldn't even hang. Ask him about uh, C-Tex's old ass smoking him on the road bike when we go road biking. See what he's got to say about Oh, that. I'd love to hear it. I'd love <laughs> to hear it. Hey, fun fact. Uh, when you were naming off the sponsors, uh, I was actually at Bell today. Uh, I had lunch with them with Kyle and Benny. And, I, I, uh, saw the, I saw the picture he posted at you. <laughs> Kyle had to leave <laughs> to go ship you some helmets. Yeah, love it, dude. I'm like... Well, yeah. it's a, it's middle of January. I should probably get my helmets to Tagger to get painted for the year. And then I got uh, on and I saw the, the Benny posted the picture of you in crutches. It's so funny, dude. I mean, not funny, but kind of funny. Yeah, kind of funny. Uh, love it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more we could talk about. Obviously, Supercross is in full effect. We're getting ready for – I'm down in Florida uh, until bike week. Noah Chambers is making an appearance. Uh, I think tomorrow night. He said, uh, "I was like, when oh, you wow. coming, dude?" He's yeah. So we'll get a pod going when he, when he's here. And I was like, "When you coming down to Florida?" He's like, and this was like an hour ago. He's like, "I'll probably leave Tuesday or Wednesday." I'm like, "Well, Tuesday's tomorrow, you jackass. So you gonna leave tomorrow or what?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah, probably." You don't so. know. 
Yeah, he don't. He has no idea. He's too busy being a gas station attendant. Um, but yeah, so we'll get that going. We got some more shows coming your way, guys. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, if you haven't already, get on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, follow us on social media. We'll keep the content rolling. And yeah, much love, Frankie. Thanks for taking the time for uh, coming on and co-hosting. Always, and man. Once again, once Always. again to be Rob for being our guest. But we'll wrap this one up, and we'll chat you guys next week. We out.